This is Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage podcast. It's a journey to business ownership, or how do you go from being an employee to being an employer, or being unemployed to being self-employed, or being employed by somebody else to being self-employed? We'll talk about that journey and what that journey entails and the things that you can do along the way to avoid the rocks and shoals of the journey, as well as to find ways to make it more profitable, as well as a lot more fun. Welcome to Episode 10. Today, we're going to talk a little bit with uh, a coach, a good coach. Dale Young is a coach that helps people find their why. And we've been talking some on the podcast about finding your why and looking for your why. Well, how do you find your why? How do you go about the process that'll give you some good conception of what your why is and the resources that you have that you can bring to bear to solve that why? Today, I had the good fortune to be joined by Dale and talk about his book. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes as well as links to his coaching page. If you if you believe that you need a why and you want some help understanding the why, I hope you enjoy the interview with Dale. Very fortunate today to be joined by Dale Young, Coach Dale. Um, Dale has a background very similar to mine, a lot of IT, a lot of coaching, and a lot of self-examination. Uh, in fact, uh, full disclosure, I've spent some time under Dale's coaching, and it was absolutely wonderful. And subsequent to that, Dale's written a book, and it's The Identity Key. And it's the life song that helps you find your identity and the who you are. And we've talked a little bit about who you are and the why that you have that will drive you forward when times get tough. And so uh, I asked Dale to come in today, and I hope you enjoy listening to Dale as much as I enjoy being around him. Dale, thanks for coming. You're welcome. So what what puts you in the mode that you wanted to write a book about this particular subject of finding your why? I'm not sure I wanted to write a book. <laughs> it was really a case where, in my case, God just laid it on my heart to get it out there. I'd been talking about these ideas for a long time, and it was just a matter of putting them all together and getting it into a point where people could actually do something with it. Okay, so... Kind of the first half of the book is about my journey and how what I went through with it. And the second half is really kind of a roadmap of all the tools that I've seen and been around and experienced and whatever, either as a user of them or as a, a person who actually administers them uh, to other people. And so I just write about, you know, I write a very succinct little definition of what that is and point you to the resource where you can go find out more information if you're interested. Well, it was interesting to have, having spoken with you and and we we've, we've we've talked at length about the Myers-Briggs and the DISC profile and mm-hmm. and and how many of these have you been certified in at one time or another? I forget after reading through the book. Uh, actually I have around about a about 8 or 9 certifications in various assessments. <laughs> so, over time. So, none well, of those are not all of those are active today. <laughs> So when you talk about those assessments, uh, you know, there's a, a meme, if you will, that the Myers-Briggs is essentially a horoscope with some dressing around it. And there are the same criticisms of the DISC profile and the Enneagram and all of them have difficulties in the popular media, and especially with science types, social science, which to me is a contradiction in terms. But can you give a little bit of flavor about why you find them valuable outside of criticisms of them? Yeah, that's actually a good point because a lot of the assessments, when people first take them, they're like blown away with how accurate they are. 
okay, because they've never really studied themselves and never really understood how how they're structured and how they're similar and not similar to other people. Uh, you know, let's just take the classic DISC, for example, D-I-S-C. Are you more of a dominant, more of an interactive, more of a steady, or more of a you know conscientious person? Um, just being aware that there are four different types and everybody's a blend of some of those types, that opens a lot of people's eyes, especially if they're kind of lacking in emotional intelligence to start with. So it's like the first step in emotional intelligence is the way I see it. And then from there, you can take that and then you find out how you are like those types or you're not like those types, and the granularity starts breaking down. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, that covers me about 60 70%, but not really, you know. And that was the case for me personally because I'm kind of a blend. I'm really kind of in the middle of all of them. <laughs> and so none of them really fit me super well. And so, so I just kept looking. And uh, part of that was the coaching journey that I was on. Um, God was leading me down that road to become a coach. And it was one of those very fascinating things. And some people were getting so much into DISC and some people were getting so much into Myers-Briggs and some people like my goddaughters so much into the Enneagram, you know, and it's so perfect for them. Well, you know, each tool is perfect for the right user, right? And so what I found now is a tool that basically is unique enough to you that you can really settle into it. It, it was interesting when we when we spoke. We talked at length about Myers Briggs, uh, less about DISC, and a number of other different things that we've done. And 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 the point that that there are all different tools, and and while you might have a drawer full of screwdrivers, and you can do some kind of screwdriving with any one of those tools, there's probably a screwdriver that's best suited for what it is that you're trying to do, and speaks best to how you're going to apply it. Absolutely. And then the Dorfoil screwdrivers doesn't do any good, good if you're trying to ratchet down a wrench, right? So, you know, if you're trying to, you know, tighten a bolt or something. So, How do you relate all of these instruments that, for, for lack of a better term, in the book, one of the most interesting chapters to me is the one that talks about the groups of people from your core to your close friends all the way out to your fans. Mm-hmm. And... How do you relate matching up the information that you get from these assessments with where you put people in that target? And it's one of those things I don't really think you you match the people or the or the everything in there. Um, in some ways, you don't really care that they're of the same type as you or a different type from you or anything like that. What you really care about is are they compatible with you? Are they People that you can get along with, people that give you feedback. You don't actually want everybody in your core to be exactly like you because then you got blind spots, right? <laughs> right, right. So, so you really want a blend in most cases of different kinds of people in the different circles. You know, especially as a business owner or something like that, you've got to appeal to a very wide range of audience out there, right? And so if you're focused on the hard-driving, dominant CEO types that are always getting things done, you're missing out on three-quarters of the audience type of things. So. And, and we'll get to that, especially yeah. with Clifton Strengths. Mm-hmm. The, the Jim Rohn quote that you hear all the time, that you're the average of the people that you're closest to or the, or the, the people you're around the most. Right. 
And and it, that seems to go back to that idea of core is finding that balance and understanding what you have to offer and then looking for the things that you need to help you achieve what you want to achieve because you might have something that's not quite as good. Well, absolutely. And it's one of those things that as you get around the people that you're around, you want everybody to be building each other up. Okay. Now that's not always just about encouragement. Sometimes that's about kicking butt, you know, and just saying, hey, you can do better here. So, you know, and, and you need a blend of all that, right? If, if you're focused so much on one particular style or one particular type, you're not, you're not growing in the other areas. And I believe that we're all called to grow everywhere, but we're called to grow the way we're wired. And that's why the next thing I'd talk about is the Clifton strengths. This is where you've landed. You've you've mm-hmm. you've been disc and and core and and Myers Briggs and where you've really focused your energies in your coaching uh, in your coaching practice has been with the Clifton strengths. Talk a little bit about how the Clifton strengths came about. Oh, good grief. Uh, so the story on the Clifton strengths, uh, Donald Clifton basically was a psychologist. He was part of a team uh, joining the the psychology group or whatever that was engaged by the state of Nebraska to uh, go into the public schools. They were talking about adding a speed reading course into the public school, into the high, high school curriculum, the 10th grade, basically. And they went in... Um, you know, as good scientists, they measured the words per minute before, and then they took them all through the course, and they measured the words per minute afterwards. And it was just really incredible. The uh, before group actually was two groups. There was a what they called average readers and exceptional readers. Uh, average readers read at uh, hundred no read at ninety words per minute, and the exceptional readers read at three hundred and fifty words per minute. And so then they took them all through the same speed reading course. The average readers went from 90 words per minute to 150 words per minute. Pretty 60% type of improvement. Pretty nice. What blew them away, though, was the exceptional readers. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, from 350, they might have stayed the same. They might have even gone down. They might have gone up maybe to 700 or something. What they actually did is they went up to 2,700 words per minute. It was like a 7x improvement. And that basically blew the researchers away, blew Donald Clifton away, and he dedicated his life into figuring out why. And what he came up with was this Clifton Strengths assessment. It's called the Clifton Strengths now in honor of his passing. Uh, so um, it's uh, a, an assessment that's administered by Gallup, and it breaks you down into 34 talents. Okay. Each talent is an activity that somebody in the human race can do. Talents may be harmony, they may be competition, they may be responsibility. Uh, There's 34 of them. Just by the statistics alone, with 34 talents, for you to have the same top five in the same order as somebody else in the world, the chance is one in 33 million. So you're pretty unique. One in the same top 10 in the same order, the chance is one in 447 trillion. And we've only got 8 billion people in the world. So so you are unique. And that's one of the things I like to emphasize is you're unique. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are out there to be you. You know, everybody else is taken. So don't try and be somebody else. Be yourself. And that's uh, that's really the key in my coaching is to help you figure out 
who you are by figuring out who who your talents are, number one, and also the, all the other pieces that go into who you are. And then from there, also bring in the what do you, what do you really want? What does your heart really want? Where are you going on your mission? And then put all those together into your big why. What's your what's your purpose in life? What's your significance? Uh, well, the significance is when you accomplish the purpose. So, yeah. So, so it, it, as as we work through my strengths, mm-hmm. and we found that I mean, it, it, there weren't as many stunning discoveries for me as there are a lot of people because much like your path, I have I have played in this. I have played in this in this game. In a lot of different ways, right? So when you when you look at someone's strengths and you've you rank ordered their strengths from one to thirty four, how do you break those down? What are the what are the ranges or the the bands, if you will, for the different uh, different strengths? We and this is part of the we align organization that I'm a I'm a part of. So uh, they've come up with a process where we actually do five hours of coaching around. Your assessment. Your assessment comes from Gallup when you've got the 34 rank ordered, like you said. And what you basically do through this five hours of coaching is you come up with your top level, which we call your signature talents, your mid zone, which we call your auxiliary, and your bottom, which we call the non pattern. Okay. So, what's important about this is you really want to concentrate most of your time and effort into the signature into the top okay because that's where you're going to get the power like the speed reading test did that's where you're going to get your 7x or 10x or 15x of improvement when you put your time into that you're going to get multiplied back magnified back the auxiliary then are things that you can do you've learned how to do you can do them pretty well but they're not really satisfying to you. They don't really give you a lot of energy or, or motivation or drive. Okay, but they're great to support those signature talents. And then the non-patterns are the ones that basically just drain you. And so when they drain you, you got to figure out some other way of managing them. You know, sometimes that's just kicking them out of your life. <laughs> you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes it's hiring help. Uh, sometimes it's getting, you know, somebody else that's on your team to, that has that, to focus on it better. And when we spoke, one of the things that was the most interesting to me is, 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 and you addressed it a little bit here is those things that are your talents and you, you've got a, you've got a talent and you've been rewarded because you do it well. And it, it, it leverages because, because you do it well, you like to do it. And because you like to do it, you do it better. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how that leverages your skills in a business environment. Oh, gosh, there's so many applications there in a business environment. Um, You get into, for example, um, one of my top talents is uh, strategic. Okay. And strategic is one of those talents that you really can't pick up as a skill. Okay, it's not it's not something you can learn. It's just a kind of a way of thinking. And you basically either have it or you don't. But if you have it, you tend to use it so much that it just becomes second nature to you, at least if it's really one of your top ones like it is for me. And so when you use it more, you get more energy out of using it. You're more motivated. You get better at it. Okay, that's number one. 
And then in a business sense, it helps you plan out the, the longer term, helps you see the path from point A to point B, okay? And it allows you to bypass a lot of the detours that other people would go down, okay? And especially as, because it's so natural to you, as you're moving down the road, you actually see better options once you get halfway down the road and you adjust and make it even better, tweak it as you go. So, so that's a case where strategic can be really helpful in a business sense because let's take the coronavirus panic here that's, that's on. Everybody had to stop and think, okay, what's this doing to my business? How do I deal with that now? Uh, how do I back up and do, go a different direction this is not something anybody ever planned for, right? right. <laughs> and yet we still had to react. We still had to do stuff with it. Um, you know, there's another talent, which I don't have that much, which is um, uh, the ability to shift at will type of thing. Uh, and I think you do have that, right? Flexibility. Flexibility, and- yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's a case where that would have been really wonderful for this uh, coronavirus area. You know, adaptability is the name of it. Adapt, yeah. Adaptability. Um, you know, even though I'm an expert in these things, you can't remember all 34 all the time, right? Uh, but adaptability allows you to, you almost enjoy interruptions. <laughs> you, you, you really get into, uh, okay, yeah, now you get excited about, you know, how do I, how do I overcome this little area? So, uh, you know, and so that would have been a really good one for the start of the coronavirus. Do you find business owners that are just misaligned that the kind of business they've got and the and the tasks that are involved in that business are just misaligned with what it is that their talents are and they would be better served by even going to a different business because it would line up better with what their talents are? Well, absolutely. That's quite possible. Okay. Um, especially for the smaller businesses. Uh, one of the great things that we talk about with WeAlign is that the overall hitting all 34 talents is done in community. It's done with a team, okay? And so if you have people on your team that have the talents that you don't, you can plug them in together, you know, if you're, if you're aware of it and know how to, how to plug them all in, uh, you can plug them in together and, and possibly do that. I mean, you know, so... Larger companies, CEOs can be from any particular talent blend, right? But they've got supporting staff that complements them, okay? And in that complement, they're hitting everything, okay? So in a smaller business, let's say, you know, less than 10 people, especially less than five people, you really don't have all the flavors. Uh, I just did a, uh, a disc uh, assessment for a team, okay, and we gave them a team report, and turned out out of ten people or so, uh, eight of them were way over on the C side or CS side, and two were over on the I side. <laughs> you know, nobody in the D, nobody in the S. <laughs> so, so you know, just even from a simple disc point of view, that can really open your eyes as to what you're missing in your team, okay. The Clifton strengths, you can do the same thing with all 34 talents, and then you can say, okay, well, you know, nobody on our team has competition. We better not be thinking about opening a new store or something like that because you're going to have to have somebody with competition to do that. You know, so that's the kind of thing you can do. 
So if you're in a business that is focused around, I don't know, IT, where you got to be real detailed and you got to be very precise and very systematic and very process oriented, and you're none of those things, you're probably not going to succeed in it. Okay. So, you know, you just need to think about how those would fit. And one of the things that Wheeline uh, does uh, provide for us is if we look at your top uh, talents, your top strengths, especially once you get those signatures, and we can compare what kind of jobs work with each talent and give you kind of a, a summary. Okay, from your top five, top ten, these are the kinds of jobs that it recommends how to, you know, for each particular talent, how do these all blend together and how does that work for you? Well, and that's, and that's part of, and, and part of my drive and, and part of my opinion in, in, as I've kind of worked through this, when I talk about how you start a business or the things that you need to do to start a business, it seems to me to make a great deal of sense to go through this exercise before you pick the business, as opposed to after you pick the business, have you had the opportunity to, to work with people that are thinking about going in a new direction or going in a direction that uh, that's a that's a life change and had them apply this uh, this methodology before they got started? Well, I'll give you my classic story about Sam here. Uh, met Sam in January of uh, nineteen on a cruise of all things, and she was owner publisher of a. Uh, little neighborhood magazine. Okay. So she thought she was a writer. And not only that, she had self-published at the time 16 books. Okay. So, you know, but she was feeling overworked, underpaid, unhappy, not really satisfied, not feeling like this was her calling anymore. And so we talked, we made a good connection. I suggested that she might want to take up this, uh, this, this assessment that I'm doing and so we went through that, and uh, the first thing that happened, even before we started coaching, she got the assessment back, and she called me up, and she said, uh, Dale, your test is broken. <laughs> and the reason was com- communication is one of the talents, and it was number 16 for her. And she thought she was a writer, so <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, let's just let's work through the process. And uh, so to short-circuit that piece of the story, she's found out she really doesn't does have communication, but it really is an auxiliary. It's a supporting talent for her. And so, you know, she's perfectly happy doing what she's doing. But anyway, we went through the whole five hours, and she basically came back and uh, said, you know, I think I need to start a different company. And I said, okay, let's talk about that. So we kind of set up what, you know, what she was looking for, put some parameters around it. And April 1st of 2019, no joke, as she says, uh, she went off and started youradminninja.com, and uh, she's doing virtual administration. So after 30 days, she was fully booked, no advertising, no no anything, just word of mouth. Uh, she was fully booked by herself. She didn't have enough bandwidth to handle all the people that she was already committed to, and she started looking for help. And here now, a little bit over a year later, uh, she has nine people working for her. And she's got like 18, 20 clients nationwide, and she's totally virtual. She moved from Texas to North Carolina, so, uh, <laughs> you know, And but that was one of the things she wanted to be able to do. 
and she's just going great guns. So it's it's great when you see something like that. And and you you said that doing the things that she wants to be able to do. I, I think this arc of self discovery, uh, the arc of of starting to really work on having some insight into yourself, mm-hmm. links up with another concept that that you have in the book that is, um, it may have been John Maxwell, but anyway, it's the journey from survival to success to significance. And how does, how does this process relate to being able to do that in such a way that you can reach that significance either faster or at least recognize what that significance is to you? Right. And the process, the strength finder process that we're talking about, um, just helps you understand who you are, first of all. Okay. And so uh, everybody knows survival is when you're not quite making all your bills paid at the end of the month, right, type of thing. And success is when you are, but you're basically not putting a whole bunch away. You're not really having a big impact on the world. Significance is when you can really take what you've learned and pass it on to others and really have an impact. That's how I define significance. And so the process, the strengths finder process will help you at any stage along this, because if you're looking at, I'm in survival, but I need to get to success. You need to be focused on what can you do well. Okay. And then pull that in and then go into the significance piece now that I know how to do that well, how can I find the right people to help in that regard? Um, you know, you're doing a great service here with the nerds to goes type stuff in that there's lots of people out there that need technology help. And, of course, being from the technology world, I get hit with those all the time, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, but it's a service that is a good service that provides help to a lot of people. In the meantime, you're making a good living for yourself. You're employing, I don't know how many, five or so people out here. Uh, and things are going, and you've survived this uh, this COVID thing pretty well, you know. I mean, yeah, you had to tweak a little bit and had to adjust, and maybe your uh, technicians had to wear masks when they went into people's houses or whatever. But you you pivoted. You, ad- you adapted as you needed to adapt. So you are at the point where you're pouring into other people. Okay, even with this podcast, you're pouring into other people. You know, you're you're passing on some of the wisdom, some of the knowledge that you've had, and so this is the way that you're doing that. I feel like the the whole significance piece. Once you get to that success piece, which the Clifton Strengths will definitely help you get there, then it helps you figure out where do I really have my energy. When you get rid of those non-patterns out of your bottom that are draining your energy and you focus on your your signatures that are giving you a boost of energy, I think it was you that said uh, sleep is optional anymore (laughs) because you're so excited about doing all the stuff you're doing. That's when you you really get to the significance piece. You're, You're not only just working for yourself and your immediate family, but you're working for the greater good of everybody. And so, you know, I just see it all blending together. It just really works well. Well, and, and one of my favorite books was Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, which is the, the optimal psychological experience. And you hear golfers say, you know, I got out of my own way or, or 
quit thinking about it and just did it. Mm-hmm. And this has been uh, a, a key to what I would recommend to people is to start with an appropriate why. Um, Frederick Nietzsche said that you, with, an, with, with a strong enough why, you can live with any how. And it seems to me that if that's the way it's going to be, you can pick a why that makes the how part of that. Uh-huh. Now, your book, um, and, and I'll put the link in the show notes to the Amazon so that people can get it from Amazon. I assume they can get it from your website as well. Um, actually, I'll just redirect them over to Amazon, so they might as well go there anyway. <laughs> well, but they still need to go to your website because there's a lot of good information there about how to leverage this information. This looks like uh, the first of a set. Do you have other books in you that are going to come? Yeah, well, hopefully, if God wills and everything. But yeah, at this point, you know, I talked about there's really three big questions in the world. Who are you? What do you want? And where are you going? Okay. And all of those contribute to the big why. Okay. So uh, the the first one I put together was the who are you um, piece, uh, roadmap, so to speak. And so hopefully, you know, down the road, there'll be the what do you want? Uh, and not just everybody wants a million dollars, but, you know, underneath that, why do you want that? What What's going to be different if you get that? Um, and then the where are you going? Where What's the mountain that you're called to go climb up okay you take those three pieces together and and it's not a it's not a recipe where you mix this much and this much in this month and you get a cake out of it right you know sometimes you're you've got pieces of the cake already and you know it's all a, it's all a blend of things right so um but you take those big three questions if you can even take a first order approximate answer to the first to those three questions you can come up with a first-order approximation to your big why. And then you can refine all of them as you go. And, and this is, um, you know, the, one of the hardest things, and, and you mentioned you know, everybody wants a million dollars. And one of the things that, that I would tell people and, and have and will continue to tell people is that this stuff's hard. It's hard to do a business. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be doing a lot of hard work, it be better to be doing work that you enjoy, number one. But even even bigger, I think a driver that ought to be important for people, there's a concept that I call mining the miners. If you look at the gold rush of 1849, the only people that were guaranteed to make money were Levi Strauss because he was building pants that people wanted to buy and the guys that were selling pickaxes, shovels, and, and miners' pans. Mm-hmm. And in, in business, there are a whole lot of people that will tell you, you can get to the top of the mountain, and I have got the vehicle to get you there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, a lot of those people are mining the miners. They're looking for the people that want to make a million dollars. And that a why that's a little outside of what an income level is might be more appropriate. And the Strength Finders is a way to kind of start answering those questions and having that analysis so that you, you understand which mountain you want to be on top of. And then that'll give you a much better clue as to which vehicle you need to use to get to the top of that mountain. Absolutely. Just a little personal comment on that. Back in 2004, I went through a program, and um, they tagged me with a name, and the name was Successful Failure. And what that really meant at that point to me was that my ladder had been leaning against the wrong wall all all these years. And so that actually was probably part... I was already pretty aware of that 
um, but maybe not totally conscious of it, <laughs> if you know how that works. Uh, and so that was part of what kicked me into the high-speed journey of looking about what I could do to help other people and be a coach. So, And here it is, you know, 13 years later or whatever, and, you know, I'm well along my way now. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate sharing your wisdom because the, your journey to significance and the things that you do to help people be significant is significant in and of itself. And uh, I sure hope that everybody that listens to this will take the time to look at the book and take the time to start finding out what their why might be. And and uh, I know that the Strength Finders was certainly um, eye-opening for me, even as much time as I'd spent with it. Because while there were some things that were, yeah, I knew that, but there were some others that were kind of exciting and and interesting to learn and so it's a it's a valuable process and and the the way that you do it is absolutely perfect well thank you we'll talk all right again thanks so much to dale for coming and joining me today going through some of the things that uh, his book brings to bear to help you find your why and to help you find the things that you can do that will make your owner's voyage a much more enjoyable one. And not only finding your why, but looking at the resources that you have available to get to the mountain that you want to climb. So it's finding that mountain and understanding that why, and then finding which tools you've got or what vehicles you have that you can mount up to take that mountain. Also important today, and we'll talk about this some more, is the difference between being in survival mode, success mode, or significance mode. And most of us want to be entrepreneurs and want to have businesses and start businesses and do businesses for reasons of significance. It's giving back. It's giving back to employees or giving back to our families. And we'll talk more about that. Again, thanks to Dale. Please check the show notes for links to Dale's book and uh, Dale's website, as well as some other resources that you might find helpful. We'll look forward to seeing you again.